At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles, happy to be with you in for Gil Alexander today. Of course, numbers game, as always, brought to you by Bet. MGM, happy to be with you here for the next hour as well. Pete Futek will get his thoughts on a college football weekend that was <laughs> that was uh, two beatdowns on Friday and very entertain a very entertaining Rose Bowl, and then of course the the Matt Corral discussion came your way, of course, uh, with the injury against Baylor, where Baylor was able to win the Sugar Bowl. By the way, uh, quickly, because uh, we mentioned very quickly at the top, uh, the Steelers eliminated the Browns from playoff contention, or the Browns are already eliminated from playoff contention. The Steelers stay alive for playoff contention with a win last night. And what was, man, if you were the Browns teaser leg, or if you were playing Najee Harris in a fantasy football championship game, you are uh, you are not the happiest of campers last night at the end of the game. Of course, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's final game, in all likelihood, at home as a Pittsburgh Steeler. It was sure celebrated like it was the end for Big Ben. 26-14, of course, the final for that one last night. Uh, Roethlisberger threw 46 passes for 123 yards, and it was more than enough to get the win for Pittsburgh. Harris, 28-118, and a touchdown on the ground. Baker Mayfield was brutal again. We'll, we'll hopefully have Michael Lombardi on the show tomorrow and we'll ask him about what, what it was one of those where we always assumed Baker was going to be back next year with that rookie option, but seems to be coming more unintendable by the day for Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns uh, in that, uh, in that marriage there. Mayfield, but Mayfield was 16 to 38 for 185, two touchdowns and two picks. He was brutal. Roethlisberger legitimately averaged 2.7 yards in attempt and was the better quarterback in the game. That's how bad it was for Baker Mayfield. By the way, this was the game with the with the biggest line with as big of line move as we've seen all year. Cleveland peaked as a three and a half point favorite. Pittsburgh peaked as a three point favorite. It closed here behind us. Cleveland is a one point favorite. Pittsburgh gets all the money and covers every number. That was out there at one point or another throughout the week on the Steelers and the Browns. Steelers still alive. The Steelers need to win. Indianapolis needs to lose. And the Raiders and the Chargers need to play to a non-tie. 
there needs to be a winner in Vegas on Saturday or on Sunday night. That's how Pittsburgh somehow could finagle their way into the postseason yet again and what will likely be Ben Roethlisberger's final game of his career in Baltimore in Week 18. Speaking of said playoff picture, let's go there. As we talked about earlier, the Tennessee Titans, by virtue of their beatdown victory over Miami and Kansas City's loss to Cincinnati, the Tennessee Titans are currently the number one seed in the American Football Conference. They control their own destiny, of, of course. They play the Texans. They're a double-digit favorite right now. Of course, remember earlier in the year, five turnovers by the Titans and Ryan Tannehill led to a stunning loss as a double-digit home favorite against Houston. So maybe not the exact gimme that we we thought. A.J. Brown, of course, didn't play in that first game. He is in for this one. Tennessee uh, Tennessee holds the tiebreak over Kansas City. Of course, Tennessee ha- held Kansas City without a touchdown in their matchup this year in a, in a beatdown win back in week number eight. T- Kansas City, they win at Denver. They at worst are getting the two seed. Cincinnati needs a win to hold on to the three. Buffalo, of course, plays the Jets. Cincinnati plays at Cleveland. As we look at just the futures odds in general in the AFC, realistically, there are eight teams alive. Pittsburgh, I guess you could technically say, is alive, but they're Indy's not losing to the Colts. Or excuse me, Indy's not losing to uh, to Jacksonville even though the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. Kansas City is the rightful favorite atop the AFC. They are the rightful favorite at plus 190. Buffalo, who looks like they're going to be the three or the four, plus 340, the second betting favorite basically the whole year in the AFC. Tennessee at 5-1 to one off their win and now likely getting the number one seed. Patriots at eight to one, Colts and Bengals nine to one, Chargers at eighteen to one. That is one eight to one, and then the Chargers are eighty to one. That is eight zero to one. The Raiders, of course, host the Chargers in Week eighteen, in essentially a de facto win and in game, unless if, of course, we get the scenario where Indy loses to Jacksonville and Pittsburgh defeats the Baltimore Ravens, where, by the way, the Ravens are technically still alive. Likely don't need to go through their playoff scenario, which is more than unlikely with the way that it breaks down for Baltimore getting in the postseason. Again, Indianapolis wins. It comes down to Sunday night in Vegas. Now, as you look at these odds and you look at the the projected playoff field, where I think that Chalk is going to prevail this weekend, where that has been a tough go this year that you've been asking for Chalk. That would mean Tennessee handles their business against Houston. Kansas City handles their business against Denver. Cincinnati and Buffalo win their games as favorites. Patriots win, Chargers win, Colts win. Which would then leave us with the exact playoff picture that we have right now. If you're looking through ranking one through seven in the AFC, and we'll have our power rankings tomorrow, which tomorrow the power rankings will look a little bit different, we'll power rate all eight teams in each conference that realistically have a chance to make the playoffs. Sorry, Pittsburgh. Sorry, Baltimore on that. But more than likely here, if you're just looking off innate ability of the teams, Tennessee to me is the fourth or fifth most talented team in the AFC. Kansas City still would be number one, barely, just because they've been there, they've done that. Back-to-back AFC championships, of course, a Super Bowl ring mixed in. Mahomes in the first half against Cincinnati, that was the best Patrick Mahomes has looked in non-Raider games this year, that first half against Cincinnati. Now, the one thing with Kansas City that I think is being missed a little bit by some is once you get off of that 15-20 to play script that Andy Reid comes into the game with, Kansas City's offense has progressively gotten worse through the game. So that is an issue that needs to be worked out over, especially this game against Denver, 
And then in the playoffs, as Kansas City moves through. Buffalo and Cincinnati and Indianapolis, to me, are all pretty jammed together. Two, three, four, with Tennessee right behind them at five. Indianapolis and Tennessee really set up the same. Now, the big question with those two teams, of course, how much of a difference is home field going to make for Tennessee? Tennessee, of course, swept Indianapolis with both the games very early in the season, both in the first half. Derrick Henry, of course, injured his foot in the second Indianapolis game. Quite frankly, Indy should have won the second game at Lucas Oil Stadium. That would be a totally different look in the chart we have there if Indianapolis won that game. But for me, the whole crux to looking at betting the AFC right now, Indianapolis at 9-1 to I think would be the bet I would make. But the problem is, as with some of these teams in this field, NFC side as well, do we trust the quarterbacking play of Carson Wentz long-term in this postseason? Do we trust the quarterbacking play of Ryan Tannehill? Do we trust the quarterbacking play of Mac Jones? Those are the three big ones to look at and say, all right, I'm not sure if I trust them. You have other questions with Burrow and Herbert and, Allen for guys who Allen's been in one postseason. Herbert and Burrow will be make, or excuse me, Allen's been in two postseasons. Of course, that first postseason against Houston, they looked like a, a deer in the headlights the whole game against the Texans, even though it went to overtime. Burrow and Herbert would be in their second or in their first postseason games. It does kind of come back to Kansas City, but Indianapolis to me, with the way this breaks down now. If Indy, if everything chalk holds, Indy would draw Cincinnati in the first game. Where Cincinnati's defense has been exposed at times by elite offenses. One of the worst games Cincinnati's defense played all year, and I know Burrow threw a pick six in the game, got all messy from the get-go, was against Cleveland. What does Cleveland do very well? They run the football well. That's the thing they do best. That's, of course, the thing Indianapolis does best. That's, of course, the thing Tennessee does best. And then a rematch possibly looming for Indy with Tennessee. I'll take my chances with that. And then all of a sudden you're in an AFC championship game. Indianapolis is the bet I would make right now at 9-1. to I do have a little bit of them at 11-1 to in pocket. May go back for more. But in the end, though, do I really want to bet on Carson Wentz? <laughs> do I really want to bet on Carson Wentz? But again, this AFC, I would not be surprised if... We end up, the only the only team that would surprise me is New England if they make the Super Bowl. I just don't think they're good enough. Everyone else in this AFC field, unless if the Raiders beat the Chargers, the other six, assuming it is the Chargers, they are capable of making a run. Now, as we've discussed on the show, the Chargers are more than capable of getting blown out by 30 by Kansas City in the first round. But this is the most wide-open conference that I can remember going into it, which probably means Kansas City is going to steamroll their way through and make a third straight Super Bowl. But this is a fascinating conference, and I'm very curious to see how this plays out. There are scenarios where the playoff picture changes. Cincinnati loses, Buffalo wins. Buffalo would draw Indy if the rest of the chalk holds. Not sure Buffalo wants to see that. I think Cincinnati would be okay with New England if they drew them in the first round. Pete Futek collegefootballnews.com. We're going to his thoughts on what we saw in a college football playoff in the past week in the Bulls next on a numbers game on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have know to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you missed any part of our show or anything on a VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our show. Download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get the Beating the Book podcast with Gil Alexander. Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we have Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, the Wide World, the Wine Garden, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. And are all free. Available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Gil will be back next Monday. But now with us, it is Pete Futek of College Football News. Pete, uh, thanks for being with us this morning. Let's just dive right in. Which beatdown caught your eye more in the college football playoff? Um, they didn't. I, I seem to think that I thought both were going to happen. So I didn't, I wasn't really shocked by either one. I guess what I, I can't, the, the hardest thing is going to be to judge is was Alabama just sort of being nice and saying, look, we, we've got this. There's no reason to try. We're not going to take any chances. There's, they're not going to score on us. Cincinnati can't hang. And that's why that was so, so kind of an okay performance by Bryce Young in the passing game or if that's sort of a sign that there's something kind of missing and they're not quite there right now. Because remember, before we all loved the Alabama team from the SEC championship, but they struggled. I mean, it, it can't be just memory dump that they really did need a miracle to do anything against the mediocre Auburn team. And they struggled against LSU, and they struggled against Arkansas, and they struggled against Florida, and they lost to Texas A&M. So it's a great team that might have just had that one big day on a day that Georgia had its one slightly off day. And it might not be anything more than that. And on the flip side, I thought from the beginning of this thing that Georgia of the regular season in this little mini playoff, and they certainly did that in the uh, the first game against Michigan. Yeah, that was, uh, Pete, that was one of those where you knew pretty quickly that Georgia, Georgia was quite all right in that game, uh, just beating down Michigan uh, 34-11, of course. The final for that one. And now we, we wait till next Monday, Indianapolis, Indiana, Lucas Oil Stadium, the site for this SEC title rematch. And Pete, it opened mostly Georgia two-point favorites, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Now it's Georgia three-point favorites across the board. Total settling in at 52 for this national championship game on Monday. I'm going to screw it up again. You know, I, I was taught long ago and told by a friend of mine in the SEC world, you never, ever, 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 ever go against Alabama, even if they get blown out by 
a gajillion by uh, Clemson and Santa Clara or something like that. You always pick Alabama, and even when they, but they haven't exactly always covered the spread or rock and roll in these national championship games under Nick Saban. I'm going to do it again. I thought last year even Ohio State uh, was going to might have had the juice to have the team put it all together. Uh, to pull that off, and obviously Justin Fields is more hurt than everyone let on. It didn't work out, and they got destroyed. I kind of think this Georgia team is it. I, I think that that defense is just that good. And, again, as I, as I mentioned before, that might have just been the one game. You know, that they, Alabama had to win it. Georgia didn't. It might have been just a, a little bit of difference there. Uh, but you saw the real defense. That as soon as Alabama won that game against uh, Cincinnati, you, you can kind of – See in the stadium just how Georgia kind of took out a different tone. Where Georgia, uh, from the opening drive, opening two drives, really, you can tell this wasn't going to happen for Michigan. They just didn't have it. And then the post game, they gave all the uh, the nice things, nice latitude towards Michigan, and they said what they were supposed to. But really, they jumped right into being like, "Yeah, we we're, we're this, we just got rid of this because we want the next one." And you can tell they were fully focused on Alabama that entire game, even though. They had to deal with Michigan first, but that was just a speed bump for them. Uh, as long as Stetson Bennett doesn't have to make a whole lot of throws under stress, I think that they got this. Pete, what's the biggest thing that Georgia's defense, uh, at least just game plan-wise, needs to do differently from what they did against Alabama that first time where Young was able to throw all over them? I think it starts with holding up against the run. I mean, look, that was the one main difference for uh, Alabama against Cincinnati. You did have uh, – a healthy Brian Robinson. You had guys who had three weeks off and looked like they had fresher legs. Uh, you had the offensive line that was a problem throughout the regular season. Uh, all of a sudden, looked fantastic. Uh, so start with that. It, I know the secondary was maligned uh, because of that Alabama game and because Bryce Young won the Heisman against them. Uh, but I think you generate pressure on. But to, to do this, it all starts with just locking up against the run. It's what they did against Michigan where Nicobe Dean was all over the field, and they just didn't allow Michigan to, to, to bully them at all. And they, got the, they got that running game stopped right out of the gate. So I think first and foremost, you don't freak out about Bryce Young. He'll get his yards. But the other thing, too, is this isn't the same receiving core that they faced the first time. John Mechie played uh, a bulk of that game in the SEC championship. He's out. Jamison Williams, he's going to play and be fine. Uh, but he got rocked uh, in that semifinal game, and he was out for a little while, came back in, was okay. But this is not going to be the exact same Alabama team that they got before. Pete Futek with us right now here on a numbers game. Of course, get him on a tweet at Pete Futek, and uh, collegefootballnews.com is where you can find all of Pete's work. Uh, Pete, just uh, looking back at the weekend, it was, uh, of course, uh, the Matt Corral injury uh, caused uh, quite the uh. stir. Uh, Ohio State and Utah played an epic Rose Bowl with Ohio State prevailing but not covering. Just the, what, what stood out the most to you so far with this bowl season, especially that past weekend? Uh, from your perspective and for the show's perspective, there's nothing that stood out more than the end of that Pitt-Michigan uh, State game. That, oh, was yeah. a, that, that one hurt. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie to you. That was, that was like, all right, I picked Pitt outright, and they said, went from being they're going to go to possibly pull this off to, okay, at the very least, they're going to cover this thing, to the, anything but a pick six. That's the only thing you can't have. And just the, the optics of seeing no pit guy in the picture, that was brutal. Uh, but overall, yeah, the Matt Corral thing, that showed how that, that was, it kind of perfectly summed up how weird this bowl season was. We just had this great game between Ohio State uh, and Utah. It was so much fun. It was so wild and crazy. And then all of a sudden we got shocked right back into reality where uh, everything about that game, it's like Metcross shouldn't have been playing. It was his choice. He, you know, great. You know, he wanted to do it. He wanted to play in that game. You know, he wasn't, a, uh, he wasn't coerced into it. He was his decision. Uh, but at the same time, that's the problem with these bulls. When you've got a guy like that, you're holding your breath every time he gets popped because you know that he's one play away from costing himself potentially millions. Uh, sure enough, you know, he didn't do that, but sure enough, he gets hurt right away. And for, you know, for your purposes and Joe's purposes, that, you know, Ole Miss was the call. I mean, that was the difference is you had uh, opt-outs all over the place in this bowl season, and, you know, the one superstar who didn't opt out was Corral, and he was going to be the difference. And as soon as he got knocked out, that just stopped because Baylor was easy. 
Oh well, uh, we'll we'll see if we can we can get Pete back uh, in a second here. But look, uh, the uh, that Baylor that Baylor Ole Miss game, of course, as soon as Corral went out, he went out early in that game with that uh, leg injury. No one could move the ball. Ole Miss had under four yards of play in that game. Baylor had a grand total of forty yards passing in that one yesterday or uh, Saturday against Ole Miss. By the way, Baylor that was their first twelve win season in program history, covering all numbers game, of course, went way under the total with a 21-7 to final between Baylor and Ole Miss. There is one football game tonight, the uh, Texas Bowl, as we have Pete Fiatek back. Uh, Pete, uh, let's just go to tonight. Uh, LSU is uh, down a lot of players. It seems they have under 40 scholarship players, including no scholarship quarterback tonight. This line is vaulted to Kansas State Lane 7 there in Houston tonight with a total of 47 and a half. We have about a minute to go here, Pete. What uh, what are you looking at in this one? How do you not go Kansas State? I mean, just, <laughs> you, you got the, I mean, the 40 guys who are turning, the, the crazy part about this, though, is the 40 guys that are there are all probably better than everybody on Kansas State. You know, they, they still have more four- and five-star guys than Kansas State will ever have, but Scholar Thompson, that whole group is back from Kansas State, go into the cohesiveness and just assume that, LSU is just going to – they'll fight the good fight, but nah, it's just not going to happen for them to take Kansas State in this. K-State laying seven right now, total 47-and-a-half in tonight's Texas Bowl. He's Pete Futek. Get him on the tweets at Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Pete, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you, my man. I'll talk to you later. You have a good one. Thanks, Pete. Uh, of course, uh, College Football News. Dot com And you heard Pete every single Tuesday, college football season. would imagine we'll hear from Pete next Monday, the day of the college football championship game, the college football playoff national championship. Georgia right now, three-point favorites against Alabama in a rematch of last month's SEC title game, which, of course, Bama, a six-and-a-half-point underdog in that one, rolling Georgia out of Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Danny Burke, he hosts Rush Hour here on the network. He's going to be with us next. We're going to look at the Week 18 card in the National Football League and look at some playoff scenarios as well with Danny Burke. That's next here on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. has a great new offer to help you make this betting year your best ever. Our all-new Big Game, Big Dance Special provides VEASAN Plus All Access to everything we do from now through April 5th for just $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. It is a numbers game on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. And now with us, he hosts Rush Hour on this fine network. Six o'clock Eastern time, Monday through Friday. He also hosts the Chicago City Cast as well. It is our good friend, Danny Burke. Danny, of course, it's a pleasure to have you as always. And uh, let's dive right into week 18, Danny. And this is always... A, a, a little bit of a tricky week, of course, usually in the past week 17, now it's week 18. How do you usually handle these final weeks of the NFL season from the betting perspective when there's a lot of unknown going into it? And uh, yeah, I, I, and that's what everybody is And when it comes to this final week, again, you realize the certain situations that have the advantages versus the ones that don't. So there are maybe a few kind of crap games, I guess what you could call them in terms of where you could bet. If we get into it, you know, the bears, for example, I'm going to cover regardless, but that would be a game that would make that list of a game that doesn't have anything on the line, but you could kind of get a good angle on. Otherwise you of course got to see which players for prop wise has the incentives, which teams have the motivation and which ones actually care about moving 
moving up in terms of the seeds and the realistic probability that they could do so. So there's a finite amount of games that fit the bill for that. And it's going to be factored into the line regardless, right? I mean, unless you're getting in on it really, really early. Otherwise, you kind of just got to go quality over quantity, I think, for the final week of the season. Danny, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the Bear game, which, uh, of course, is what everyone is thinking about. Two teams that are completely out of it. Uh, but there are very there are not a lot of Stanford Wong legs this week, uh, but that happens to be one of them with the Vikings now as a two and a half point favorite. Jeff, I mean, as we know, every game with the Vikings, it's uncanny how it just comes down to a one score game, right? I mean, even take, for example, when they just played the Bears, the Bears got that last second touchdown. And if you had plus eight and a half, then the Bears still covered you in that game. And that's what you could tease up Chicago to. And again, this Minnesota team's in shambles. I know you like to be a harsh critic of the Vikings, like pretty much everybody else. And after we were hearing what Zimmer said about the Kellen Mond comment, and we know his future is in jeopardy, right? Like this team, knowing they're eliminated after last week, I just think they're in shambles right now. And it's not that the bears aren't, but they have known they've been eliminated for quite some time. They're coming off back-to-back wins an impressive one against the Seahawks. Then you pummel down Mike Glennon in the Mike Glennon revenge game. That didn't come to fruition. <laughs> and then you're getting Justin Fields as your presumed starter here. And it's a revenge angle in a sense for the Bears who got embarrassed on prime time against the Vikings. So I think you pad yourself a little bit. You tease up the Bears could be a decent spot. Another wonk teaser, as you mentioned, you can do the Buccaneers perhaps who mm-hmm. still could get a top seed minus eight and a half down to minus two and a half against the lowly Panthers. Heck, you could get down to two or one and a half. There's some seven and a half and some eight out there right now on the Tampa game. Danny, let's go to a, let's go to the game that actually matters this week in a big way. Winning in, unless if we get some wacky scenario where the two teams could tie and they both make it. Uh, the Chargers are two and a half point favorites here in Vegas against the Raiders. We saw this matchup back in week four. Chargers won by two scores on a Monday night in L.A. I think this is a bad matchup for the Raiders. I'm going to wait for a, a flat two and a half, maybe even see a two and then lay with the Chargers. What direction are you looking at here? And of course, total is 48 and a half on this. I tend to agree with you as well that this is a poor matchup for the Raiders, but time and time again, this Raiders team has dealt with adversity and distractions and lo and behold, they get another one this week with another player involved with their car. So I look at this point, maybe they're numb to it. This team has dealt with so much and somehow they've been able to be somewhat successful. The chargers on the other side, Jeff, this team is so frustrating, not in the <laughs> levels of like the Minnesota Vikings, but because you know, they have all the talent in the world. Justin Herbert is a hell of a quarterback. You get Brandon Staley, who I love his decision-making don't get me wrong, but they still have have visions of Anthony Lynn in the rear view mirror. I mean, losing close games to Kansas city, losing to the Texans, like this team just somehow doesn't have consistency, but I do think they are the better team. And I like your approach of maybe being a little bit hesitant, waiting for a slightly better line on the chargers. Cause I do think they are the better team. And in this game, I think they might have the advantage. I think the Raiders luck runs out of time in this matchup. So I would look toward uh, the chargers as well. All right, Danny, so you and I are both on the Chargers winning this week, and so we'll advance them. Let's say chalk prevails in the AFC, and you end up with Tennessee as the one, Chiefs-Chargers 2-7, oh boy, in the AFC. Uh, Cincinnati-Indy in a 3-6, and Buffalo-New England in a 4-5. Danny, that sets up for an extraordinarily wide-open playoff field in the AFC. It really does, Jeff. And I've been, this is what I did last year with it too. I mean, you, you kind of track it all season long and which team you like, and I, you, 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 you kind of match it up with a lot of metrics, right? I mean, DVOA is a very popular one that's utilized and I use it a lot myself. And that's what got me to when everybody stopped thinking about the Buccaneers in like December, I was like, all right, I like the Bucks seven to one that win the, uh, the NFC. I didn't bet them to win the Super Bowl, but I bet them to win the NFC and they go on to win it. And I've been trying to find a team like that this year, but because of how wonky it's been, I really haven't been solidified in narrowing down one team. And if you like one now, you virtually lost all the value in a sense. But I think if there's one team that there has been glimpses of us forgetting about them or kind of losing hope. I think the bills have been that team. So the bills might be the top squad with a little bit more value than the chiefs relatively, right? That you could see coming out of the AFC. And if it's against the Patriots, yes, it's going to be a really tough matchup. 
But I think that win that they had against Buffalo is because, well, Belichick, the better coach in that game, the better ground attack from New England. And then you actually saw what the matchup would have been if Josh Allen was able to throw the ball without 20 mile per hour wind conditions. Mac Jones probably not going to be able to keep up. So that first round, yes, scares me a little bit. But I do think the Bills, because think about what we thought preseason, right? And I know things change, but everybody was loving this Bills team. And maybe you're getting a lot more people down on them and everybody's focused on the Chiefs now as opposed to the Bills. So I kind of like the Bills coming out of the AFC as of this point. Bills right now are plus 340 to win the AFC, would be the four seed if Chalk prevails in week 18. Could hop to three if Cincinnati decides not to play their guys and loses to Cleveland. On the NFC side, of course, Green Bay wrapped up the number one seed with their win over Minnesota, and Dallas has lost to Arizona. Danny, who who's the real number two team behind Green Bay in this NFC picture here? I know that it looks like the Rams will get the two if Chalk prevails, but Matthew Stafford's been a mess the last month. Yeah, you're telling me and my fantasy team, but look, uh, <laughs> Matt Stafford's been an absolute joke, Jeff. And look, we've defended this. Well, maybe not we. I don't know what your take on Stafford is, but a lot of people defend Stafford in the sense that, yeah, you got stuck with a crummy Lions team. He still padded the stats, still has a lot of talent. And of course, he was in the MVP consideration at the beginning of this year, but he has just been so, so bad these last two games. I don't know how you trust him going into the postseason. I would put the Cardinals over the Rams, despite what has happened happen during this season, assuming you get DeAndre Hopkins back in the mix. And I know the coaching advantage would still go with the Rams with McVay over uh, Cliff Kingsbury, but the, but the Rams, I just don't trust them, Jeff. So I would give the edge to the Cardinals over the Rams, the bucks right now, you'd want to put Tom Brady up there and you would think their defense could come alive. Like it did in the latter stages of last season, but they've been banged up all throughout. We know they are offensively. It's been, it's been a mess with Antonio Brown. And then the receivers, they've already lost. Leonard Fournette on the IR and that defense just really hasn't been consistent in the secondary. So I think I would have to put the Cardinals as a number two team. Cowboys are, are tough. They're right there, but sometimes they can be frustrating because they let their opponent get out to the early lead. And then they're in trouble. A lot of times, if the Cowboys get the early lead, they're, they're cruising in every game, but that hasn't been the case a lot. So I, I think behind green Bay, it's gotta be the Cardinals, then the Cowboys and the bucks probably higher on the Cardinals than I am. That's for sure. I'm uh, not in on Kingsbury. But look, the, the one thing is with the way that this playoff bracket breaks down, if it is what it is right now, Arizona would get Dallas, who they just beat, and match up well with. And Danny, with a little less than a minute to go, I, I guess that makes that Arizona at 9-1 to one may be worth a little bit of a sprinkle here. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. And you're right. The thing that does hold him back, as we know, is Cliff Kingsbury. There's no denying that. But I think this defense deserves a little bit more respect. I mean, at the beginning of the season, they were doing exceptionally well. And certainly they got hit by a few injuries here and there. But I think their defense is what could be the difference maker in this game. And as long as Kyler Murray isn't scrambling for his life on damn near every single play, which sometimes works out well. But if he gets enough time there in the pocket, this offense can be capable of competing with any other team. So you're right. The value not too shabby. He's Danny Burke. Get him on the tweets at Danny Burke five. Of course, see him later in the day on rush hour here on VEASAN at six o'clock Eastern time live from Chicago. Danny, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us today. You bet, Jeff. Take care. Coming next, the NFC playoff picture. What are my thoughts? Where's the value? That's next on a numbers game. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. the action you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSIN1000, and your first wager is risk-free, up to $1,000. When you register register with BetMGM, you'll get an instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odd specials. Plus, you'll earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem for room nights and dining at any MGM property nationwide. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter the bonus code VSIN1000 VSIN1000 that is V-S-I-N-1 0 0 to make your first risk-free wager. Up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older to place a wager. New customer offer only. Free bets expire within 7 days of issuance. Please gamble responsibly and gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER and the promotional offer not available in the state of Nevada. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parlson for Gil Alexander. Of course, the Lombardi line comes your way next. The dynamic duo of Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds have you covered starting at the top of the noon hour on the East Coast. Let's get into the NFC playoff picture. It's a little... It's a little less exciting than the AFC, at least for the teams that are going to possibly be there in the end. Very simple for San Francisco, who are currently in the sixth slot in the NFC. The Niners win, and the Niners will be in. The Niners are currently five, five and a half point underdogs against the LA Rams on Sunday. The Rams need the game to clinch the NFC West. The Niners need to win the game to make sure to get in the playoffs. Because if the Niners lose and the Saints beat the Atlanta Falcons, where the New Orleans Saints are currently four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Atlanta against against the Falcons, that would lead to the Niners missing, the Saints sneaking in, and the Eagles moving up. So if chalk prevails, you get Green Bay 1, LA 2, Tampa 3, Dallas 4, Arizona 5, Philadelphia 6, New Orleans 7. If San Francisco prevails, then it all gets jumbled. All gets jumbled. Where the most realistic scenario would be Tampa, uh, Green Bay, of course, clinching the one on Sunday night. Green Bay one, Tampa two, Arizona three, Dallas four, Rams five, Niners six, Eagles seven with a 49er victory. That is your most likely scenario if Chalk wins out. As you look at this NFC, And I asked Danny Burke this question for a reason because I'm trying to figure this out myself. Who is team number two in the NFC? I know what the seeding can say, but we know that isn't always the case. Green Bay is the favorite. Obviously, home field advantage. Everyone's going to have to go through the cold. They blew it last year. It would really be a failure for them if they didn't at least get to L.A. in the Super Bowl this year. The Bucs are currently the second favorite at plus 320. The Rams are at plus 450. Dallas at 6-1. to one. Cardinals at 9-1. to one. I'll say I'll give the 49ers some due at 20-1. to one. The Eagles and the Saints, 35-1 to one and 51, respectively. 
The Eagles and the Saints, if they get in the playoffs, they're going going and combined 0-2 in the postseason. They're not winning in the first round. Neither of those teams are good enough to win a road playoff game. The 49ers are the one team that can really throw a wrench into things in the NFC because they have the defense and they have the run game to win on the road in the playoffs. The big issue for them is quarterbacking, obviously, because it's either going to be a highly compromised Jimmy Garoppolo with the thumb injury, which if that injury happened in the middle of the Tennessee game, you saw when, because Garoppolo tele- totally fell off the map after playing five straight great games in that Tennessee game. If it's Trey Lance, are we really expecting Trey Lance as a rookie who, up until the second half against Houston in his first two starts, looked like the game was going a thousand miles an hour for him to win a road playoff game? Don't think so. Even though if if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, even with all Garoppolo's issues, San Francisco would be the team you say, you know what? They have a shot to shock some people and get to the Super Bowl for the second time in three years. But with Lance, I'm not get, at this point in Lance's career, he's not good enough yet in order to get San Francisco past maybe an upset in round one. Maybe they would be able to, in the, in the scenario they would get in, they likely draw Arizona. Them beating Arizona is not wouldn't shock me. But it would surprise me if they went to Lambeau and won. So then you look at the other three. I'm not buying Arizona. I don't like Cliff Kingsbury. Other than Dallas, they really don't match up particularly well with these other playoff teams. Yes, I know they won in L.A. earlier in the year. I know Stafford has not played well. But I don't like the way they match up in a postseason game, and I will take McVay over Kingsbury 10 out of 10 times, even with some of the issues you can find with McVay. The Rams themselves, Matthew Stafford. What has happened to Matthew Stafford the last month? He's reverted to Matthew Goff this last month. And if Stafford, even though they won in Minnesota and they won in Baltimore, if Stafford plays like that in any playoff game, unless if the opponent is New Orleans, and even then we've seen New Orleans' defense be good enough where they can stun people on the road, hello, Tampa. The Rams are losing that playoff game if Stafford plays like he played the last two weeks. They're not beating anyone in all likelihood in the playoff game. The Cowboys, we've talked about it all year. Mike McCarthy tax is still what matters the most with this team. Now, look, I thought Dallas had turned the corner offensively in that Sunday night game against Washington. Dak looked like pre-injury Dak again. And then they were mediocre against Arizona. And then, of course, McCarthy's terrible timeout usage is what, in the end, burns them from being able to even challenge that close play with the Edmonds non-fumble. That was called on the field. By the way, I don't think they were overturning it. I don't think there was enough evidence. But he would have liked to have at least had the chance to challenge that play if you were Mike McCarthy. But in the end, the McCarthy tax is just going to be too much for Dallas. And the look, I know Michael Gallup hadn't done much this year, but that injury really does hurt them if one of their other guys goes out. I know Cedric Wilson's played well, but Gallup's a better player in the long run. Which then leaves us by default, and I know it's not really uh, <laughs> it's not really uh, much of a hot take here, but it leaves us with Tampa as the second team, and they are the second betting favorite in the NFC, and kind of just by default, because they have Tom Brady, because they have a, a very good head coach, because they have a defense that last year turned it on in the postseason after not having the greatest of years in the regular season, they have to be the second team and the most likely candidate to beat Green Bay. Now, the problem that I have for Tampa is, and I know they weren't good on the road last year, they they have been a completely different team away from Raymond James Stadium, even more so than they were last year than this year. I know they lost to the Saints 9-0 at home. I know they almost blew a three-touchdown lead to Buffalo at home. But still, Tampa uh, Tampa's the only real competition to Green Bay. And I'm not even convinced that Green Bay is all that good. We know Aaron Rodgers is great, but 
Green Bay should have lost to Cleveland on Christmas. If Baker Mayfield wasn't dreadful. They took full advantage of the COVID Vikings and good on them. They needed to. But there's just something on Green Bay. Even though they are the one seed for the second consecutive year, there's something that seems missing. I can't pinpoint it. I've been unable to pinpoint it for two years now. Where last year, even though they got the one seed and were the favorites, and quite frankly, if it wasn't for that total gaffe at the end of the first half, even more so than LaFleur kicking the field goal down eight, they would have been in the Super Bowl last year. And quite frankly, they probably would have beaten Kansas City with how injured Kansas City's offensive line was. But there's just something missing with Green Bay that doesn't make them make me fully trust them. Despite how great Aaron Rodgers is, despite the fact that Devontae Adams is the top two wide receiver, despite the fact that the defense might be the best it's ever been in the Rodgers era, something is missing. And I won't be surprised if Green Bay goes out before the Super Bowl. And it would be an absolute failure with the way it is shaken up if they don't at least get to Los Angeles and give themselves a chance to win their second Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. And heck, how about just a second Super Bowl appearance with Aaron Rodgers? Been 11 years. 11 years since Super Bowl 45. Crazy. Crazy it's been that long with how great he's been. That's all the time we have for today on the Numbers Game. Next on the network, the Lombardi Line. Dave Ross, Wes Reynolds, have you for the next two hours. We're back tomorrow. We're going to have a good show for you tomorrow. Look forward to that. The Lombardi Line next on the Sydney Sports Betting Network. This has been a numbers game with Jeff Parles. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.